This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Dear cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. Today's show is going to be kind of fun and kind of light because I have a special guest with me, Madi Ramos, and she is a cat writer. She writes about all things cats, and I've known her for a while, and I, I love reading her work. So today we're going to talk about interesting cat facts that you may not have known about. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors to talk with Madi. We'll be back. You know what I love? I love my cat. My cat Scamper, he'll hardly even walk for himself. He stands up on his hind feet for us to pick him up. But you know what I don't love? Cleaning Scamper's litter box. Which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust free. Free from heavy perfumes. And it helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. And today we have Maudie. Hey, Maudie. Hi. So tell us a little bit about what you do and all the fun things that you get to learn about cats. Okay. Briefly, I, um, I obviously love cats. <laughs> I've always loved cats. I started writing about cats about professionally, I guess, <laughs> uh, about six years ago. I used to work for iHeartCats, and then I was an editor for a while for there. And then I left there, and I started working for com last year, and I've been writing for them. And so basically, I just get to write about cats, whether it's behavior stuff or educational stuff or fun trending stories or, you know, photo uh, collections of cool cat stuff. So, yep, that's what I do. Well, I think it's super fun, and I love that. And everyone that's listening to this show already knows that cats are the most popular pet in the United States. I guess after fish, one of your articles said after fish that there are 94 million cats in our households here in this country. So I love that you wrote this article for Colon Marmalade, which is a cat site that talks about a lot of stuff. You guys need to check it out, coleandmarmalade.com. But she wrote an article about the interesting things that she learned about cats. So I kind of want to talk about those things with her. So can you just kind of start with some cool things that you learned, Maddie? Okay. Yeah. I always joke that I'm uh, a walking encyclopedia about cats. <laughs> I think I know almost everything there is to know about cats through writing and just, you know, naturally being interested and intrigued by cats. You know, there's so many amazing facts about cats and a lot of them that people don't know down to the cool things that like a, that classifications for a hairball is a trezebore or, you know, just little different things about cats. And, you know, it's always an, for anybody who loves cats, it's just interesting. The more you can never know too much. So when I wrote this article for the 25 interesting facts about cats, I tried to round up a collection of facts that were kind of unknown that a lot of people didn't know, you know, not the basic facts about cats. 
So I thought it was really interesting. I thought I knew this fact and I thought everybody knew this fact. And then I saw it in your article and I'm like, yay, cats can't <laughs> taste sweet. So, I think there's only had, mammal that cannot, right? As far as I know, I only know about dogs and cats and mostly cats. But so that is the reason I don't see a lot of cats in my hospital for eating really terrible things like I do dogs, like dogs will eat chewing gum um, from their owner's purse. Yeah, or chocolate. And and so I like to say, you know what, my cat is just not stupid enough to do that. (laughs) True. (laughs) But it's actually um, that they can't taste sweet. So I think it's cool that you highlighted that. And I'm sure we could both tell interesting stories about how that impacts us and our cats. So cool. Thanks for sharing that. So another thing that you put on your list that I thought, wow, I wouldn't, I just knew that, but I wouldn't have have thought to mention it is that cats have freckles. Yes. One of mine has them. And it's interesting. I did not know that. And they're more common in ginger tabbies for some reason. But I think a lot of times, because marmalade, for example, the orange tabby that's on cola marmalade, I've had the pleasure of meeting both of them and they're both amazing. But anyways, marmalade has the freckles on his mouth. And my older, I guess, Maine Coon mix, you could call him. I'm sure he's definitely Maine Coon, but not, you know, all the way. (laughs) But uh, he has freckles around his eyelids and also his mouth. But he didn't have those when we first got him. His came with age. So I think sometimes these are age-related things. They're not born with those freckles. They develop, you know, just like a human. You know, with us, exposure to the sun, you know, causes us to have freckles. So for them, maybe it's just age-related, you think? Yes, it's actually, it has a a medical name called lentigo, I think. Or maybe, I don't know. I didn't look that up. But yes, they definitely advance with age. And they are a normal occurrence, especially in the ginger tabby cats. But yeah, it was cool because I have freckles. And I just never thought to call out the fact that cats have freckles. I'm so glad that you did that. So much fun. So the next one on your list is also really cool and quirky, and it's a little bit about the healing qualities of the purr. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes. um, I actually have the article in front of me, so it's a lot easier for me to reference. (laughs) But uh, So uh, domestic cat's purr has a frequency of between 25 and 150 hertz, which happens to be the frequency at which muscles and bones best grow and repair themselves. So, you know, we always have this, you know, old saying is cats always land on their feet. Well, clearly they do not, and that's not something that should be tested. But a cat, you know, it's amazing with animals in general, you know, humans, uh, something happens it's like, ah, I'm going to overthink it. Cats have the ability to heal themselves in the sense that that purr and the vibrations from the purr can help to, I want to say, help stimulate the repair of muscle tissue and also bone strengthening. Is that correct? It is. And I think that's super cool because you know, holding your cat when it's purring is actually beneficial to you in an emotional as well as a physical way. So, I mean, we all, all the cat lovers know that we like that, but we don't really know why. So I think that it's really cool that your article um, pointed out some reasons maybe why that is. So I love it when I get to hold my cat and he's purring. It just makes me feel good. So maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe so. So something that I think is is very interesting and also very important for cat owners and cat lovers to know is that cats, well, you talk about it. Uh, what what about cats and meowing? Okay, well, um, meowing is something, you know, it's just one of those cat things that every cat lover 
loves. I mean, I love, you know, there's the squirrely and then there's, and then there's, you know, there's different for us. We come to recognize meows by demand, you know, what they want and then a greeting, you know, but meows um, past kittenhood. I think that's the correct term. They do not use their meow to speak to one another. I mean, cats will, you know, um, before a cat fight, you know, there's that, I, I label it as cat thunder that, you know, right. <laughs> sound that cats make. And that's more, hey, back off. Hey, get away. You know, cats are territorial and also predators. So, um, you know, they use these different, those aren't meows. Those are more yowls, you know. So the meows are something they use to communicate with humans, us. That's how they talk to us. And, you know, it's our job to interpret it. But, you know, there's also another article I did. Um, I've written one for when I wrote for I Heart Cats and also for here. That's important. It's like reasons why your cat keeps meowing at you. I mean, our cats don't have the ability to text us. And if they did, they wouldn't. Right. <laughs> but but um, they'd be like, yeah, I'm good. But um, yeah, so cats, you know, they have to find a means of communication with us. And their meow is how they do it. So, you know, like I said, there's different meows for different things. But they do not use it past kittenhood to talk to each other. They use it as kittens to speak with their mother, you know, you know, and all that when they're little and learning to navigate the world around them. So don't you think it's super cool that our cats have developed a way to make us do what they want? But that's just, I just think it's so cool that they're like, hey, um, hey, human, you know, I, I need this. Or I just think that's so smart that they have sort of trained us to respond to their meow. And it's not even something that they use to talk to other cats. Most definitely. Yes, most definitely. I know my cats, you know, I have three. My daughter has one, which obviously I, you know, consider my own as well. And then I have my two ginger tabbies. But yeah, I know exactly what meow is what from them. Oh, and they've, too. they've trained me accordingly. So. Right. Yes. And so we joke about, you know, what Scamper is saying and we caption the looks on his face and we just have so much fun. I mean, it's just so much fun to have him. Mm -hmm. So something that is sort of a myth about cats and what cats need and what cats like. Always, we have thought, give the cat a bowl of milk. So mm -hmm. you learned some interesting factoids about that. Yeah, cats are obligate carnivores. Or is that the correct? Is that the right way to say it? I always say that I can. I'm a good reader, but not a sayer because I spend so much. No, time that's writing. exactly right. They are obligate carnivores. Absolutely. Yes. So you know, old cartoons, you know, show us little cats with little bows around their neck, which is also bad. <laughs> you know, drinking from these little saucers, and of course, there's things like cat milk that you would buy at the store, or cats that have been taken away from their mothers too young, or displays, you know, at the SPCA and whatnot that have to be bottle fed. You know. That's a different story, but your adult cat, you never, ever want to give them a bowl of milk. It might be tempting to them and they might do that little meow to make you think they want it, but that's actually horrible for their digestive system. I mean, they're naturally lactose intolerant. They don't have the enzymes to break that down. So that would actually cause them a lot of distress and upset stomach and everything else. So I think that's super important that even though we've all been trained to offer cats milk, your veterinarian would say, do not give your cat milk. So we're going to take a quick break and then come back with some more cool cat facts. So we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. 
It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. Today we're having a little bit of fun with Mari Ramos and talking about interesting cat facts that you may not have known. So there is a cat that has lived to be older than any other cat yet, or alive, I guess. So I know you researched this cat. Can you tell us a little bit about this cat? Yes, Cream Puff, I want to say. And he's a legend, I mean, obviously, for how long he lived. And, you know, for cats, obviously, sometimes the proof is in, you know, photographs or, or what that, because people can say their cat is a certain age, but... Cream Puff was the oldest cat recorded. He lived to 38 years and three days out of Austin, Texas, and he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. I actually recently wrote about another cat that just reached his 30th birthday. He is the, uh, his name is Rubble. He is out of England, and he is the oldest living cat at 30 years of age, Maine Coon Mix. And his owner has photographs of him from 1988 when she first got him to now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, average lifespan of a cat is, what, 12 to 18 years? And well, the oldest, the oldest cat I've ever treated was 22. Ooh, wow. So, yeah, and that was just, just one, right? So, mm-hmm. um, certainly not. I've never had a personal cat live to be quite that old. But, yeah, 38 is fascinating. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, how many breeds of cat, official breeds of cat, are there in the world today? I believe that the Cat Fanciers Association recognizes 45 breeds of cat. So, obviously, you know, for us, what would you say most cats here in the United States are mostly a domestic short hair? Is that how you would label them? Right, or domestic long hair, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, you know, there's everything from a Turkish Angora, Turkish Van, Maine Coon, you know, uh, there's also, you know, the most popular breeds of cats, but... I personally am not a person that uh, would ever, A, buy a cat or B, purchase a, you know, a feline from a cat breeder. That's just not my thing. But um, yeah, there's so many different breeds of cats and unique to each other. And the fascinating thing is some of these cats, they are naturally occurring from the American curl with the ears that are back to, um, I believe, you know, uh, there's another one that's like that. It's kind of fascinating. The Manx, that's just a genetic mutation with the tail, why their tail looks the way that it does. So it's really fascinating. Russian blues are actually naturally occurring cats, and those are gorgeous, gorgeous cats. But um, yeah, I've uh, gone to some cat shows over the years since I'm doing what I do and also as, as a young girl. But to see some of these purebred cats that are just mesmerizing. I mean, some of them are just so striking. You're just, you know, you do like a, a triple take when <laughs> and seeing them. Well, I'm with you. My favorite breed of cat is rescue. Mm-hmm. But as a cat lover, I love the beautiful cats. And I certainly care for purebred cats and just all things cats. I really like 
cats. So I had a guest on my show previously who studied the feline genome, all the genetics of cats. And Mm -hmm. she said that most of our cats, like your cat and my cat, would trace back to European descendants, that Mm -hmm. most of the domestic short hairs and domestic long hairs trace back to European cats rather than Asian cats and others. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. And that's kind of how most people from the U.S. are. I mean, if we do our, what is that thing? Ancestry DNA, so much of our origins date date back to Europe. So, yep. same so for cats. see, there you go. Cats and people have been together for a long time. Well, mm-hmm. that's a, a cool segue because we're talking about genetics. So there is an interesting genetic change in cats that leads them to have an excessive number of toes. And mm-hmm. polydactyl is your next interesting cat fact. Yes, they're still referred to as Hemingway cats because writer Ernest Hemingway, he actually, I wrote about him not too long ago. He received one as a gift from someone, I'm not, I can't remember exactly where, I think it was somebody from Cuba, if I'm not mistaken, but that's how they came to popularity was because of him. And his home in Key West is still, it's a, you know, a historical landmark, but also a museum. And there's, I want to say 40 to 50 polydactyl cats running around that place. I mean, they kind of, you know, run the roost. So yeah, it's interesting. i Never seen one personally, shockingly, but I think that there, it's not too rare. It's almost common. Oh, I common. see them a lot. I yeah. see them a lot. Yeah, it's cool. I just had dinner with a friend who went to Cuba, and she had pictures on her phone of the cats uh, that they keep at something Hemingway estate or home or something, and there were tons of cats, so she took pictures of them because she's my friend and she loves cats, too. Yeah, you can never have enough cat photos. <laughs> That's right. So, okay, here is something that I did not know that you put in your cool list that about pet doors. So, talk about pet doors and where pet doors came from. Yes. So Sir Isaac Newton is credited with creating the concept of the pet door that many cats use today to travel outdoors. I don't know if you've seen the funny video. Uh, I want to say it's probably about five years old, but there's a funny video of this man that spent several hours building a cat door for his cat to just go right around it and go through the door. So cats will do as they please, you know, but um, with the pet doors, I guess he was the first one to kind of make that idea possible. So I think that is that is cool. And I did not know that. So what about the athleticism of cats? I think it's pretty amazing. And you found out some cool facts about that. Yes. Cats, you know, there's so many different just, you know, like humans, different, like a British short hair is a very dense bone structure, strong, solid cat. And then you have, you know, your Siamese, which is, they say the ballerina of the cat world. And it's just so interesting cats and their genetic makeup and their, their bone structure and the way that they're built, but there are true athletes. I mean, they have the ability to jump almost eight feet in just one leap, you know, so many different things about them and the way their bodies, they have no collarbone, so they can squeeze through their collarbone is floating, if I'm not mistaken. So they can squeeze their body through, you know, and maneuver in such a way that we could never do as humans. Yeah. My cat certainly proves that. (laughs) But, you know, when we contrast cats with humans, they are so much more tuned into things. And that brings me to your, your next interesting fact about the cat's sense of smell. Yes. A lot of people would probably, I mean, for me, I'm not going to lie. I initially would think because of those erect ears that every cat has, uh, except for the Scottish fold, which is also another naturally occurring thing with their, with their ears. And there can be unfolded Scottish folds, as you know, but their smell is their strongest sense. And I know they do that Fleming's response, you know, when your cat smells something they don't like and that 
jaw that's you know kind of lowered and they don't have the ability to move their jaw side to side like humans do but they can move just up and down but uh yeah their sense of smell is 14 times better than ours which is pretty fascinating well that's part of something that i'm aware of in my animal hospital and we try to we have a dedicated cat exam room so that the cats don't come in and have to smell dogs and have to smell you know we try to make all the the scents in that room really cat friendly because we are tuned into that and they can smell did you say they can smell 14 times better than people yes so that's pretty amazing i mean we think dogs and we think bloodhounds but cats are amazing too so that's awesome so there is something that cats share with dogs about the way they sweat or the way they lose body heat Yes, it's through their paws, their paw pads is the only place they have the ability to sweat. And for, I don't think cats have Frito feet like dogs do, but I do know, you know, some people, dog lovers uh, in particular, will, they like that smell of that, uh, that Frito smell that's on a, a dog's paw pads. Cats, I've never seen a cat that has this, but you know, it's actually that bacteria growing that causes that smell, correct? Yeah, well, yeah. And people have associated it with good things. I don't think we would <laughs> instinctively think that that was a real great great smell, but um, people associate their pets with warm feelings and love, and then they've come to associate that with a good thing. So so I guess, you know, I don't smell dog feet unless I have to <laughs> at work, yeah. but, you know, to each his own, I suppose. All right, so we're, we're moving through the fun facts, but there are so many left, I don't want to run out of time. So what is a group of cats called? Not a herd. <laughs> yeah, is there a herd cats or is any? I know that that funny saying and try to herd cats. You know, it's not possible. <laughs> um, a clouder is actually a group of cats. See, now that's interesting. And I I was researching like you for my writing, and I found out, and you probably know this already, but a group of cats can also be called a Kindle, which is I did not know that exactly like the Kindle <laughs> reader, right? So nice. I posted on my social media, you know, what does a group of cats and a digital reader have in common and everybody, you know, made up funny things, but it yeah. can also be called a Kindle. So learn something every day, right? <laughs> I was about to say that. So what do you call a female cat? It's not uh, just girl or ma'am. Yes. You know, I think in, I want to say in England, it's a pretty common term to refer to a cat as a molly. We don't do it here. You can also refer to a female cat as a queen. And the Male cats, as many of us know, are referred to as Tom, and that's actually one of my cat's names is Tom. <laughs> really? So like yes. Tom and Jerry? Yeah. Actually, awesome. his name is Tom Brady Kitty. This is full name. <laughs> but we I call love him it. Tom. I love yes. it. So we talked about the ability for cats to smell so well, and you even mentioned that they have erect ears, but it is also interesting that they can rotate their ears. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you think an owl can rotate its neck, just wait to see what a cat's ears can do. And that's another thing is, you know, with the meows, we've come to identify those and distinguish them as such, you know, the hungry meow, the I'm upset meow, you know, all these things. Cats, you know, their body language is just so interesting. All the ways they move for their tail, their ears, you know, and their ears, they have the ability to turn them 180 degrees. And it's actually 32 muscles in their ears. Those little tiny cute things with the little ear tufts coming out. Yeah, 32 muscles can control them to move down, back, side, you know, so many different ways. And, you know, there's some cats, you know, when they hear something that sparks their interest, it's like super erect ears. They're just like Batman, just straight up. 
Well, and so that's uh, an evolutionary advantage. They can hear the little rustling of prey and stuff. But there was a funny thing on social media that said your cat has 32 muscles in his ears to all to ignore you with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I thought it was really cool, and um, I was kind of jealous, I guess, of this, but that a cat spends a large portion of his entire life asleep catnapping. What did you find out about that? Yeah, there's 24 hours in a day, as we all know, and 24 hours for all cats or humans. And uh, they're spending about 16 hours of it asleep. So, you know, we get what they say you should get eight. Uh, most adults with work and children and everything else get about five. <laughs> right. And uninterrupted. Uh, yeah, your your cat spends about 70% of its a day asleep. So no mathematician, but out of 24, that's about, yep, about 16. <laughs> 16, wow. 18 hours you're spending asleep. And the rest of the time he's telling me what I need to do. So exactly. he's micromanaging me. <laughs> yeah, right. Doing as he wishes. So I thought this is something I didn't know as well. You mentioned that a cat's nose is unique. So that's like a fingerprint for a cat. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm a very visual person and, and intense imagination. I, I, I just had this vision of these cats in a lineup, like, you know, cats that committed crimes, you know, they put in a lineup and, you know, they're, they're stamping their little noses on these, you know, with little ink blots, like, oh, it was you, you know? So yeah, it's, it's unique to them just as our fingerprints are to us. That is, that's a really cool fact too, because I hadn't really thought about it. So we're talking about cats' faces. One of the other things that you mentioned was that cats have three eyelids. And so my son is 15 and he was reading the article and, and talking to me about it. He's like, really, mom, cats have three eyelids? But yeah, they do. So talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, if you've ever noticed, you know, and it's especially you can kind of see it, it's, you know, it's not something that's visible, you know, just when you look at a cat. I mean, cats obviously have magnificent eyes, I mean, mesmerizing, no matter what the color of the eyes, you know, cats, their eyes, are they're like these marbles that just you know, you feel like you're looking in space. They're so, so beautiful. But um, if you've noticed, you know, when a cat's first waking up or perhaps grooming or looking, you know, we don't usually see the whites of their eyes often, but you can kind of see it next to the nose. I'm pointing at my eyes now while I'm doing this. <laughs> but, um, you know, imagining my own third eyelid. But yeah, you know, it's a pinkish, whitish, little, very thin membrane layer, I guess would be the right term for it. Right. Right. Well, if the, and, and the cool, this is cool, I think, I don't know, veterinary coolness. If a cat has a facial paralysis and the other eyelids can't function well, that third eyelid will kind of act like a windshield wiper. It'll come in and take up the slack from the other two eyelids to keep the eye healthy to a degree, which I think is cool. Really? I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> so Maddie and I are having a lot of fun talking about cat facts and all the things that, that we've kind of learned in our collective lives of being cat lovers. And we've got a couple more things. I thought it was sort of fascinating. We're talking about eyelids. But what about, there was a, a tip about eyebrows. Can you talk a little bit about <laughs> eyebrows? I'm actually happy that you, this was out of the 25, this was my favorite one. And I remember thinking, I love my cat, but I don't know how much I love my cat when I read this. But apparently in ancient Egypt, when a person's cat, house cat passed away, the owner would shave their eyebrows to reflect their grief. And I mean, that's truly a symbol and testament of love, but I'm not sure if I would shave my eyebrows. <laughs> no, I don't, my cat. I, would sh I don't think I would shave my eyebrow. I love my cat but I'm not sure about having it written all over my face. <laughs> oh, no. for, for six months. <laughs> yeah. right, until they grow back. And what if they grew yes. back weird? I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm uh, not willing okay. to take that risk. <laughs> so this is another little cool thing. And I wrote about this one as well. And I think it sort of stands to reason that cats are not right handed like most people are. Talk about that a little bit. Yes, obviously with with most humans, most are right-handed, but studies indicate that their left paw is typically their dominant paw for cats. I actually read something recently, I think it was saying that that's primarily true in male cats. If I might be mistaken here, don't don't super quote me, but I want to say that most male cats are left-pawed and most female cats are right-pawed. Now that is cool. I did not know that part. So, Monty, I can't thank you enough. I would love to have you back because this is just so much fun talking with you about cats. And you and I both love cats, and I know that. But thank you for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to be back. Well, so to all my listeners, thank you so much for supporting us. Nine Lives with Dr. Cat was once again mentioned as one of the top cat podcasts on the internet. So we were really, really flattered to get that notation from cattime.com. As always, I want to thank my amazing producer, Mark Winter, and I want all of my listeners to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.